Thank you for joining XROM, which is India's first AR VR MR podcast. And today I'm really delighted to have me, Kimberly Adams. She has had an amazing journey. Has been part of some of the top global creative and tech companies. She started a career with George Lucas's company, Industrial Light Magic. Was a visual effects producer on several films, including Mel Gibson's Apocalypto. Then moved on to become a producer at Pixar. E executive producer, head of production at Oculus Story Studio, producer at Google Spotlight Stories, member of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, the Television Academy, and the Producers Guild of America. She has spent more than 25 plus years in film and XR innovation industry, and is one of the first VR producers with the content distributed worldwide. So, Kim, it's a pleasure and honor to have you on the show. So, there is. You know, when when I introduce people, I mean, you know, I need to kind of like go, get onto the net, kind of dig into stuff which is interesting to you know draft out the questions. But here, there is so much that you know that you've been part of. It, it is, I think, a, a one-hour conversation will not be justified because you have spent twenty-five plus years. In the creative field, in the technology field, with companies such as Facebook and Google, so thank you for spending time and being part of XRM podcast. So uh, obviously, I'm going to get onto your past, but let's start with what you are uh, doing right now. You're part of Adventure Lab, this new company, right? So would you like to talk about that? Sure, that's right, and it's a pleasure uh, to be here chatting with you. Thank you so much. Um, so yes, I'm the co-founder and COO of a company called Adventure Lab, and we do live-hosted virtual adventures that you do from the comfort of your home, from your headsets. Um, our mission is to connect people across distance through play, and we're building a platform for social interactive experiences that are virtual and also live-hosted. Uh, we really think the next great media platform is going to marry uh, social games and storytelling. So social games. Being all about connecting us to one another, and storytelling connects us to an experience through world building and and characters. And our secret ingredient is bringing those two things together with a live uh, live performer to sort of bring these interactive experiences to life. Right. So could you uh, like talk a little bit, or maybe possibly unpack uh, this a little bit to from audience? You know, when you said live hosted virtual storytelling, could you unpack that a little bit? Uh, how does it work? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's actually a double sided marketplace. So one of the things that was important to us to do is to create sort of a gig, a new gig economy for performers, um, and especially this last year, performers have been separated from their audiences. Um, so we wanted to give them the tools to perform and connect uh, with their fans and followers and audiences. Um, so we have this, uh, you know, on the one hand, we have the performers, and we've made it so performers can schedule a show time that works for them. So if I'm in uh, India and I want to schedule a show that I can perform for anyone around the world, I, I get trained up on a certain adventure, which I'll talk about what that means. And then I will say, oh, I want to host a show tomorrow at 5 p.m. and Saturday at 6 p.m. I would post those those uh, times to the website. If those times get booked, uh, then I get a confirmation, and I just spin up a show from the cloud at showtime. I show up, my guests uh, show up at the same time, and I take them through this live interactive experience. Um, and on the guest side, you know, you go to the website, you book a show time. Um, the current adventure is VR only, but we're expanding the platform so you could actually join from any hardware device with a camera, um, and you show up 
at Showtime and you're greeted by this live performer who can, um, is in VR, can puppet multiple characters. Experience we have live now, a character called Dr. Crumb, who's this sort of evil mad scientist, as well as a couple animal characters. One is sort of your chief, and then the other one is a surprise character that you may or may not find. Um, but takes you sort of through a, a broad narrative experience, there's a broad structure that you are there as secret agents and your job is to infiltrate Dr. Crumb's lab and find out what he's up to. Um, and then you're introduced by this chief character, this mission chief, and then you go into the adventure, you're greeted by the mad scientist who puts you through a series of tests to see if you're um, able to become his or her, if it's a female Dr. Crumb's minions. Um, so those tests you do cooperatively together with your friends. So you're each, you know, you choose an animal avatar. So you're either a dog, a cat, a bunny, or a hamster, and you work together uh, to beat the clock in the specific uh, cooperative activities that you have to do together, whether it's building something with blocks together um, or racing through a, a puzzle together to try to solve something. Um, there's, there's a series of three of those things that are strung together by this broad narrative with these um, very improvisational moments in between that you have with the performer. Right. How cool is that? It sounds really exciting uh, and fun. So, so would you like to kind of tell me like, what's the limit on the players and why uh, uh, a virtual uh, host running, running the show? Does it inhibit you from scaling? Well, that's a, that's a really good question. Oh, the limit is that up to eight people in the current experience. Right. Um, we are talking about other experiences that could be much larger. We're talking about a virtual game show where you could have two teams of 10 and, you know, you can have uh, 50 people on the screen participating in a, in a larger way. And then also you can, we can stream uh, the gameplay to to other platforms, so Twitch or Facebook Live, or it's, right. it's streamable, so you can have a much larger audience beyond that as well. Um, we're talking about doing a haunted house uh, adventure where the, the performer embodies different ghosts um, and actually live crafts the scaring as you're moving through the experience. And that that can be you know 10 people in, in each in different areas of the house, so that experience could be 30. Um, but yeah, it's not meant to be massive, like one to thousands. Um, I think the most successful experiences are, are a little bit smaller, you know, one to a you know, hundred or less. Um, but the current one that we have first launched with is up to eight people at a time. Um, and the performer, it's funny that the first thing we wanted to prove, um, because we got this question initially from, from investors was like, why not just do AI? Why not, you know, in gaming people are used to, um, AI characters responding to them. And there's something really magical about having a live person reach you um, inside VR, especially with your friends. And it's a kind of magic that people don't get until they've done it. And it's a really fun moment for us when people kind of come in and the performer is talking to them and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they think it's a they think it's an AI, and then that moment where the performer says, "Oh, I see, you're going to be the troublemaker in here because of what you just said," and they go, "Wait, what? It's a real person?" And it's sort of like that moment, you know, um, if you've ever gone to see a stand-up comedy show, and suddenly the the comic picks you out of the crowd in front of everyone, and there's that exchange back and forth, and you the hair kind of stands up on the back of your neck, and it's sort of like, "Oh, yeah, oh, they're talking to me." 
Um, and then even everyone close to them in the bar or wherever feels special because they're like, oh, it's that person and that, you know, you're kind of a part of it. And it's this, this magic. And in doing our first beta testing, the first thing people said when they finished the experience that they loved was the interaction with the live performer. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 99% of people said that just couldn't be replaced with an AI. Uh, improvisational theater experience where it's live and interactive. The best part is when you don't know what, what, what's going on. The unexpected yeah. creates uh, narrative branches which can get super interesting. So yes, that's like really cool. But, you know, since you have spent 25 years in the field of creative uh, industry, and then with companies such as Facebook and Google, the, the assumption would be that eventually you would get into maybe uh, a narrative that's driven with, with an AI uh, uh, storyline. Because I think there are a lot of companies at this point in time who are working on uh, interactive storytelling mm-hmm. with uh, with a basic uh, AI-driven story, so it kind of branches out in different narratives. Though, yes, at this point in time, we we don't have uh, something which can create that magical interaction, which which can happen with a real you know, a character, you know, a real actor. But do you have plans in the new near future? to leverage artificial intelligence uh, to creating taking it further i think there's a there's a lot of teams out there who are going after that and they're incredible um, for this company though we really wanted to leverage the live performance and and how that would scale is is that we'll have you know not just we won't be the bottleneck for content we're kind of bootstrapping the content and hiring the performers right now to kind of get things going, but ultimately we would have, you know, hundreds of developers on the platform developing all kinds of content um, that is live hosted and thousands of performers around the world. And just to give you, uh, and all that, you know, we can have multiple shows all around, you know, 24 hours a day. um, And we have a revenue share model with the performers and the devs. So everybody's incentivized to promote the different kinds of shows. I mean, we could have tourism, we could have education, um, so it's a, it's a much larger platform. And to give you a sense, we have not recruited performers. I have a core group of performers that runs shows every week, but I've had a hundred performers reach out who want to audition to be performers. And we've seen that, you know, the idea of a performer these days has changed, right? Now it's expanded to, you know, um, TikTok influencers and Twitch influencers. And so we wanted to make something that's more for them. And we're, we're seeing some trends now, or we've been watching trends for years. I mean, for the last, even before the pandemic, millennials and Gen Z are hanging out on platforms like Minecraft, Fortnite, and Roblox. And now during the pandemic, of course, we all know, know how to live, work, and play on platforms like this, like Zoom. Um, and audiences want to interact with their content and have it interact back. You know, they want to feel like if they missed it, they missed out. You know, that's why things like Clubhouse and Discord and Twitch are really taking off because of that feeling of intimacy and interactivity that I feel like you just can't get from an AI experience. That is brilliant because that is an enabling performance for from uh, around the world. And that is a great opportunity because yes, COVID has hit us and there's not 
there's millions of performers who are crazy performers crazy actors who haven't got the right opportunity and how do you manage what's the 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 strategy what's the road ahead is it restricted to only american performers is it open for uh, uh, performers from around the world how would that work are you also looking at uh, developers adding on to the your existing stories how would that work could you just talk a little yeah, bit about yeah i mean right now it's still really early days and so we've had our our current performers really four performers on the platform right now who host shows every week after they do a show they immediately give us feedback on if something went wrong if a, a guest requested something if they were stuck or a narrative idea that they had um so we're continually gathering feedback both from guests and performers as we build not only the um the hosting tools for the performers to use to make sure it's really easy to learn and to use um and then also for um the the developers the SDK that we're developing for the for the developers and so um you know eventually there'll there'll be um this sort of layered training process that we do right now will be condensed into about a week long right now it's about two weeks and it you know involves um meeting with the engineer inside the build to learn how to get around in VR to take a look at the tool set so on the tools i keep going like this because it's on it shows up on their arm in VR and it's the script and they can progress the story forward they have a number of options in every scene whether they can you know make confetti come down or control the music or or audio effects or you know there's a, a bunch of different things that they can do within each set as they progress the story forward um so we teach them how to use that and we teach them you know some two of the two of the hosts we have on our platform right now had never been in VR before so we delivered a VR headset to them and they they got up and running and running their own shows within two weeks after rehearsals um so we also work really closely with the immersive theater director and creator Janine Willett who's one of our advisors she's one of the co-founders of Third Rail Projects in New York and they've been doing immersive theater for years um and she's uh she's an expert in that so she's been really helpful in terms of the bringing the performers on and what the performers need to feel really confident to get on the platform and perform ultimately we will we do have requests from around the world already for performers around the world we're going to you know scale we've been around for 2 years we're going to scale um up so that we can incorporate folks from all over all different languages and yes they can they can spin up a show from their couch wherever they are in the world as long as they have right now we're using uh the quest uh one or two headsets for their performers to drive the experience lovely yeah so so you said right now you've got four performers and a bunch of developers now this sounds really cumbersome at this point of time because it, it it's it's something which is you know just being understood you know we just understanding the fabric of taking narrative which is interactive and which is which looks at these players who join in and they could be from sitting any part of the world so right now if you have a, a single gameplay what's the plan ahead are you looking at expanding on that and how difficult does that get you know because when it's interactive it's impromptu how how do you manage to take care of all those nitty gritty technical bits the audio the video the gameplay how how, how does it all all uh, 
merging together. Well, I leave the, the technical bits to my engineers and to my co-founder, Max Planck, who's an engineering wizard and really the source of, of this whole idea and building the structure for this crazy thing. Um, and they're brilliant. So, so right now we have Dr. Crumb's School for Disobedient Pets, which is the All VR adventure. And we have, I think we're running eight shows a week right now. Um, and yes, we'll, we'll expand into other genres. So we've, we've done a test already for a game show experience and we've been developing um, with Rafael Pavone, who's an incredible creative director. We've been developing a, a haunted experience um, that I was talking about. And so as we're, um, and we really need to find sort of like, what is, what is our company's version of Pokemon Go? You know, what is, what are people really gonna love? I mean, they love this Dr. Combs experience, but it's actually um, sort of like a VR escape room. So it's very exploratory. It's a little bit cerebral. You have to work together to figure things out. And therefore it's not something that you might want to play again and again, because sort of like once you've done an escape room once you don't necessarily need to go back again. Um, and it's not as fun to watch. We were talking to the folks at Twitch who manage the, like the top 200 influencers and they were talking about things that are the most fun to watch, which are that you can really see people's personalities come out as they're playing, you know, and things that are very fast and things that can be, you know, really funny and sort of fast moving. And so we're brainstorming a lot about, about content and what we can do next. Um, we've learned so much from this escape room experience and it's been the perfect thing during the pandemic um, because we're bringing together um, eventually we'll, we'll expand to include strangers being able to play together. But, but right now the platform is for friends and families and people that know each other to sort of buy out a whole show to play together. And so giving them something cooperative to solve together is a really satisfying thing to do. And they come away from being together for 50 minutes or to an hour, feeling like they actually spent time together physically which is um, a real magic we've been happy to deliver to, to a thousand people. We've had nearly a thousand people through the experience in the last year. Right, so you, when you say thousand people, how many shows have you had? What has been the user reaction re and retention of, of uh, you know, the players? And could you also talk about like the business plan as in what, what's the pricing model? So yeah, so we've had around 300 shows. And because it's a, as I mentioned, a VR escape room, it's not something typically people want to do it again and again although we have about 20 percent of people coming back and bringing different family members um different colleagues a lot of different work colleagues you know want to play together it's a great thing for team building as well we've also done corporate sessions for salesforce and other companies um who want to bring their their teams and we can do you know simultaneous shows for them so they can have we have four performers so we can have four shows running at once with their teams and that sort of thing um, and the idea is, you know, um, what's successful for us is, you know, the number of, of shows running at any given time and the performers will ultimately be able to be rated. So we have five star hosts and three star hosts, hosts that are really uh, popular will be able to charge more. So they'll be not only able to schedule their own shows, but, um, but name a price that the market will bear uh, depending on, on demand for their kind of shows. Um, and then we'll grow the platform, you know, from, you know, almost sort of like, um, you know, a Netflix of VR, AR experiences where you have a choice, you could choose an educational experience, or perhaps you want a tour of the galaxy by a performer playing an astronaut. 
um, or perhaps you want more like a murder mystery thing to do with your friends, or you want an open world uh, experience where you can play with strangers as well, maybe a game show experience. And so where we're going with the platform is that although we learned a lot with the VR um, Dr. Crumb show, we learned that people love a live performer in this space. People will buy a ticket online and they will show up at the right time and they'll have an amazing time. 96% of people want to come back again for another adventure. These are all things that were a total mystery, you know, pre-pandemic, pre we didn't know, are people even going to show up for this, right? So we've kind of just been learning the market right now. Another thing that we learned is that people, um, you know, VR, although it's growing, it's not there yet. So we had a lot of guests say, you know, oh, I'm the only one with a headset. I don't, I don't know anyone who can play with me. You know, is there a way for my friends to play as well? So last summer we, we sort of went heads down and we said, what, you know, would that be interesting to have a live performer interacting with, you know, with you on an interface like this, like a, you know, where, where you have a you know, camera-based device as well as in VR. So we created this prototype so you can actually have friends in the VR experience with the performer. And then the performer can turn to you and the camera and interact directly with you. You can talk to your friends in VR, they can see your face live streaming inside um, and, and you can work together. So in this situation, you know, I have clues on this side that my VR friends don't have access to. And I can say, look in there, or, you know, I'm gonna punch in this number on my keyboard and it opens up a door in their environment and we can all play together in that way. So that's definitely something we're gonna double down on in the future, this cross-platform play, because it turns out it's pretty delightful um, in the prototype, you actually, there's a, a point where the people on browser get to sort of prank phone call the performer as Dr. Crumb and, and you have this whole back and forth interaction that's very improv on both sides and it is, is hands down the most fun uh, <laughs> thing about the, the whole experience because people have, you know, it's, it's this live performer thing and it works just as well to um, a hardware device with a camera as it does being inside VR. Of course, VR is always the best experience because it's the most immersive, but this is a way for people to play together and whatever they have. And it's also a way for people to say, oh, next time I want to play in VR, like I'm going to get that, that $300 headset because I want to do more of these things. Right. Yeah. So yes, I mean, you pointed out that, you know, we are at this point in time, you know, though it's, it's, it's there and the hype and, and, but still there is so many drawbacks with it, with the technology, you know, the, the price points is a problem. Lack of content is a problem. You know, the, the actual monetization distribution of, of content creation in virtual reality is a problem. But I, I believe that uh, this technology is, could be, you know, could be that, tool which would help us break away from the flat medium and enter the 3D world, you know, and like really interact uh, and experience content exactly how we uh, experience uh, in, in a physical world. So, so I'm really excited for that. You didn't talk about the, the payment uh, plan. What's the plan for? Right now you pay, it's a hundred dollars per show. Um, and that, you know, with eight people becomes a pretty reasonable price per person. Um, we found just from surveys with people that they feel comfortable with about $15 for a session, especially, be, I mean, it's just about the cost of a movie ticket, but it's with a live performance. Ultimately, when we have, you know, we'll grow the platform, we'll grow the range of adventures, the number of show times, the number of performers, such that new content will be coming online every week, and we'll have a subscription model, you know, right. and there'll be sort of premiere experiences, 
um, and then and premier partners and, and performers. And we might even play around with, you know, really um, opening up the platform a little bit more UGC so performers can put together, you know, sort of handcraft adventures if, if they'd like to. So uh, do you plan to take this virtual pla of platform on, on a physical model as in, you know, what the LBVREs are doing, you know, location-based virtual reality entertainment centers are doing? It, it, do you have plan to take stories like that over there? And what's the duration of each stories? So each experience so far is 50 to 60 minutes. Um, and that's what people felt really comfortable with, you know, anything around 45 minutes. And it's funny because afterwards people say, you know, say, how long do you think that was? And they'd say, oh, about 20 minutes. And they just sort of get lost within it. Yeah, that's not our roadmap right now. Originally, when we first started, we had planned to, to, be at, to do both, to be at locations. We had a potential escape room partner we were going to partner with. We've had a lot of locations reach out to us as well um, and we were looking at partnering with LBEs um, but then the pandemic hit and we said okay let's double down on this this home uh, home model and what we're what we're seeing is like the the cost the overhead cost of the brick and mortar build out and and running shows and throughput issues and you know all of the challenges are of LBE are not not something that we feel like we want to take on um, even though there's you know, um, slow but steady growth in VR. Um, we feel like well, we have a stake in the ground when VR arrives, when we have more and more headsets out there, but it's not something where we're gonna go out to meet people. They're gonna uh, have to find us. And our way of getting more people to find us is opening up to cross-platform. So all they have to do is click a button and they're suddenly interacting with a live performer. Thank you for sharing the, the details, Kim. Really appreciate this. And I think, I mean, I, the idea is so novel and I think it's got so much opportunity, you know, once it really kind of takes shape, it, it, it can like really, really explode. Now, obviously, I want to get into your past because you have been part of like some of the biggest companies. So would you like to talk about, talk to my audience about your journey, the experiences that you've had with, you know, all the companies and share some, some maybe like exciting stories. I'm going to digress a bit over here because I thought I really respect Christopher Nolan. I think it's one of the biggest uh, film or the, one of the best films that I've seen in recent time. But his action of releasing it on, on theater at the peak of pandemic, I don't know how well or badly it affected him in the entire film industry because everything is moving. The COVID has been a catalyst. Uh, we are moving from theater to OTT and the social media platform. And, and one thing is there that the audience is willing to come wherever you have good content. They will come to you wherever. You know, so according to me, I, I, so I would like to hear from your mouth because you've been in this industry for 25 plus years. Where do you think the future of storytelling is going? Well, I think that there will always be movies. Um, and I am, I love those traditional experiences. You know, I am an Academy member and I proudly voted, uh, you know, last, last couple of weeks for, for the Academy winners. And I love uh, crafted storytelling and I love seeing story from one person's point of view, right, sort of delivered to me. And, you know, now you're going to look at this close up and now you're going to look at this wide shot. And now I'm going to bring in the music to make you hopefully feel this. Um, and that will never go away, right? There's a, there's a real beauty in that. And there's an ease where you can sit back and, and be delivered this, this beautiful piece of art, you know, and this engaging 
um, story. So there'll always be that, but as technology develops, it'll continue to, to challenge conventional storytelling. Um, you know, connecting people through technology into storytelling is one of my favorite things. And I think the most exciting thing about being in the space, um, you know, sort of my purpose, my, my purpose used to be sort of in, in the industry, used to really be tightly wrapped and um, around storytelling. And once I moved over uh, from Pixar into Google Spotlight Stories, I really fell in love with working with the, the same sort of genius artists, but, but also very closely in a dialogue with the genius technologists. Um, and, and on the edge of, of asking questions and just saying like, wow, what, what happens to story when the viewer can be inside the story? You know, what happens when maybe the character is aware that you're in the room with them? You know, what happens if I can choose to follow one character or another? Um, and if I have agency over the world, if I make a choice that might affect the plot, you know, um, these things offer so many possibilities and opportunities that are not, um, they're not a threat to movies at all, but they're just something completely different, you know? And it's this environment of, of inquisition, of being curious, that's so exciting. You know, when I was at Google Spotlight Stories, um, uh, the woman who founded that, ran that, uh, Regina Dugan, who used to run uh, DARPA in the US, who's super brilliant. And she always used to talk about this, this constant exchange of ideas as like an Italian dinner party, you know, where you're, you're like excited, everyone's excited and talking and, and it, you know, happy, you can't wait to get a word in, you know, and there's more questions than answers. And it's that kind of, of energy that I always search for at a workplace. And we had it at Oculus Story Studio, you know, there was this brilliant mix of uh, people from games, people from traditional filmmaking, um, and then we brought in immersive theater folks, and it was sort of the perfect recipe for that kind of Italian dinner party where you have a really great mutual respect for each other. And instead of, um, you know, I've been in a lot of places where engineers have, have worked kind of quietly in a corner on something for an artist, um, without being in a dialogue with them. And they sort of deliver this, this thing to the artist and the artist says, oh, thank you. It's so interesting you think that I would need this and that I would need it in this way. Like, I wish we could have worked together on it because I, what would really be useful are these other tools, you know? Um, at Story Studio, we were developing a, a painting tool called Quill and Inigo Aquilas had created that and was working uh, incredibly closely every day with, um, with Wesley, who was the, the artist for Dear Angelica. And so it was very much a back and forth dialogue where she would be, you know, at first they were bringing her, her 2D illustrations into VR, you know, and it was just very clunky and it wasn't reading. And so it was clear that she needed a paintbrush so that she could create for VR while in VR. So he, we had this one day, you know, sort of hackathon where everyone could work on what they wanted and that was his pet project. So he created Quill for her to paint in VR. And so from, from then on every day, they would talk at the end of the day and she would say, okay, I need my brushes over here and I need this fine point and I need this thing. Um, and it was just this constant feedback which created this tool that felt very authentic and very, um, you know, purposeful to the artist that it was meant for versus being made in, in separation. But I think that, you know, 
as long as um, people are in conversation, the tech will continue to inspire artists. You know, there was this really great relationship that Glenn Keane had at Google Spotlight Stories with the engineers where he sat in the middle of the room and drew his 10,000 drawings for that project and inspired them. And they, he would stop and say, what if the character did this? Could this happen? And the guys would stop and say, um, I don't think so, but what about this? Would this be useful? And this dialogue and the engineers talked about that time with Glenn as, as one of the happiest, you know, best times they had ever had as engineers was this like inspirational back and forth. And so there's, there's such a richness in that. And it's about getting the, the right people in the room together and creating that safety and that environment where you expect, um, you know, questions and you expect failure, you know, because we don't have, you know, for every award that we've won at whatever company I've been at, there's been, there's like a whole stack of failures behind it. Um, and those are so valuable. You know, that's why we do so much quick iteration and user testing. I think that's a trick, tricky thing too, when you're coming from narrative, um, especially coming from a place like Pixar, where literally every pixel is perfect, um, which is what they do and why they're so good. But moving from there into new technology, um, I had to really learn to accept um, putting things out there that were maybe not perfect beta, right? But you really want to get the, the feedback is so valuable. So even the even the Dr. Crumbs experience that we have running for the public right now, we call it our Abe build, our, our uh, awesome but embarrassing build, because there were so many more things we wanted to do to get it perfect before we put it out. But had we done that, we would have missed the boat. We would have missed all of this great feedback that we were getting from guests and uh, that helped us to focus on specific areas that we might not have um, before. So it's very iterative um, process and having that dialogue, of course, with the artists and the engineers is of the utmost importance, but, but also having that dialogue with the people using what you're, you're doing, the guests and, and their feedback is, is going to give you even more ideas. Right, right. But do, do you see like technology uh, creating like disruption and impacting the industry because you know there, there once upon a time there were these studios you know which used to like charge a bomb for whether it's audio production or video production you know it used to be like super expensive now we have these digital audio workstations you know and if you're a decent sound engineer you you can put your pro tools in a window and create content and if you have a premiere pro or basic web video editing software you don't need these big uh, uh, editing setups and you can do it at your home and I, I, that's that's what's been happening you know you right now you have these phones you don't need these uh, like really hardcore cameras. People are sh shooting, creating content because now it's gone down more into uh, uh, storytelling, which is definitely very basic, does not require huge post-production uh, because technology is creating that like like for example you know there's virtual production you know there was these, these days you know as, as a as a producer as a director you had to wait for a sunset you know for a shot you know you had to wait for sunset but right now with virtual production you you can create live sfx as you go and and, and then there are these unreal engines which is creating you know the capability of giving you photorealistic uh, video and then there is uh, I'm a musician. I've spent 20 years playing for a rock band. Uh, then just a couple of months back, I heard the song uh, 
which uh, from this band called Nirvana, Kurt Cobain. And it's mm-hmm. done by an artificial intelligence. And I didn't think that would be possible. Artificial intelligence is re- reaching over there. You think that in the future, the, the, the narrative, the storytelling could be completely disrupted where it could be deeper engagement or you, you would have to like leverage maybe technology a little bit more. Would, do you see a scenario like that where we'll have to dig in more into technology? Is, is that what you're seeing or is it going to be like an even playing field where it's going to be like humans only? Because I mean, we are the ones who have got the, the, the great stories and we know how to create content because what are your views? I mean, I know it's a little uh, vague question, but... Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, we Max, my co-founder and I had done so many incredible technical things at all these different companies. We're always kind of out on the edge and and we're first at, at companies like Story Studio and Google Spotlight where we really were focused on narrative experiences, right? But those experiences tend to be solitary and you're in there by yourself and there's a beauty in that. Um, but also, you know, that can be isolating. And when you're in VR and now, you know, we have, we have my hand controllers, we have, we have our hands now in VR and you're in there and you're so excited, you, you want to do something. So we wanted to give people something to do and then giving them something to do together was incredibly magical. So it's all of that discovery. Like I, I do think technology will, will go deeper and AI will continue to go deeper and it'll be this constant exploration of how much games do you put in there? If you give somebody too much to do, they can't, they're not interested in the story at all. If you give them, if you don't onboard them appropriately and you throw a bunch of stuff in there in VR, they can't hear, like like our senses at this point can only take in so much, right? So you have to gradually, slowly onboard someone into an experience so that they can even hear dialogue happening, right? Because they're overwhelmed. So it'll be this constant push and pull and testing of, you know, bringing in immersive theater aspects and, and exploring what's possible within story experiences, but other also other experiences, more meditative experiences, more experiences that that show you empathy for for other people's situations. And I think that's some of the best uses for VR, of course, is in education and enterprise and training and and medical and, and all of that. So I think that people will continue to use these new advanced tools at their workplaces and then and then bring them bring them home. I do love that technology is being democratized. Um, and that you can create a film, you know, with an iPhone uh, and other tools, but also, you know, um, you can't, you still can't have a project with bad audio. Um, it's just yeah. really unsatisfying, right? Yeah, you yeah. still have to know what you're doing and you still at the root of it for the narrative experiences, it has to be a good compelling story. Otherwise, you know, the market gets flooded with just a bunch of junk. Um, but the things that really have heart at the center of them will rise to the top. Right. Yeah, I think you, you you said a very profound thing because I, I we have been overloaded with content, you know, and it, it's very difficult to choose, pick and choose because there's so much because there has been a democratization of, of content in ways where I think anyone with a desire and intent who's got a basic camera can create content and can create pretty decent content if he's got the if, if he's got the uh, right uh, team uh, through you know being part of Facebook and, and uh, Google. Uh, I'm sure you must have uh, 
been part of so much great content. What's that one single content which you are like really blown by and was like really impressed by? Well, it's funny because I know I've spent so much time talking about live performance, but when I worked at Oculus Story Studio, the development of Wolves in the Walls, which I don't know if you've seen it, but it has yeah. an interactive um, AI main character, this little girl named Lucy. Um, that was an incredible experience because we were working with, you know, um, you know, people who had experience in games and also narrative, like world-class animators that had been at Pixar, you know, animating and we're bringing in world-class immersive theater experts. And really, you know, we've gotten to a point where the script was really stale at one point and we were brought in immersive theater actors that is bringing in live performers, right? And acting out everything. Um, that's when we we really found the voice of the piece. Um, the Wolves in the Walls was just blew my mind that I could you know sit and play chess with um, Lucy at lunchtime and like that was amazing. Um, also, uh, you know, duet at Google Spotlight. I didn't get to work on it, but it was the the piece that really um, really showed me I wanted to be in VR AR and I wanted to move away from traditional pipelines like animation and visual effects and I really wanted to explore what was possible. The fact that I could look through my phone as if it was a, a window into another world, into the story where the, the time was, you know, the running time was variable depending on how long I spent looking around or following different, it was just so incredibly mind-blowing. So I would say, and plus Glenn Keane is a genius and, you know, he created all of these Disney characters and he's a poet and, um, the fact that someone of such a traditional background would embrace new technology and explore what was possible was so exciting to me. So I, you know, Duet is the first piece I think about as an inspirational uh, piece. And I think you can still get that if you download the Google Stories uh, app, I think you can still watch Duet. Thank you, Kim. It was a pleasure and honor to talk to you and get your insights on what you're building, the future of storytelling. It's, it's an exciting space because I, I think we're just scratching the surface with augmented reality, virtual reality, mixed reality. And there's so much which has not like really conversed, you know, because I guess uh, artificial intelligence, haptic feedback, volumetric videos, all of these, once it comes together, it will create a cohesive tool for us to build content over it, create content over it, and maybe this tool in possibly the next couple of maybe decades will be so democratized that we will be using this medium to tell all our stories because finally we, we are breaking away from our 2d medium because that's been so restricted you know it's a passive medium you know and here we're getting into the interact interactive world you know and where we we can be the actor we can get into the world so i'm really excited for the space what comes next for Kim Adams. Well, we'll see what comes next for Adventure Lab. I'm like, I'm excited to see what's in the next chapter. And I'm, I'm always just looking to stay on the edge, which is, it's, <laughs> it's hard because it's not comfortable. Uh, you know, you don't know what's going to happen, but there's the technology is advancing at such a fast rate. And as long as we keep bringing on really talented folks, talented artists and plunking them in the middle of this space and saying, here's this great tech, what would you do with it? You know, um, that's a place where I want to be right in the middle of. Lovely, wish you the very best, wish you most success. And and yes, I think a lot of people uh, 
think that maybe the edge with which which gives you uncomfort is, is a very painful space but i guess that's the way that's the place where all the great things happen and of course that's the place where you know it great things open up so wish you the very best and i hope adventure labs becomes the the tool or the medium which gives us stories and and helps us get into an experience story and on that note to my listeners if you like what you see in here then please press the subscribe button and until next time see you guys bye bye thank you and you can really appreciate this yeah? thank you thank you so much it was lovely talking <laughs>